0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Texas Longhorns. Steve Sarkeesian's team winning a conference championship for the first time since 2009. And making the playoff for the first time. Longhorns really haven't even been close to making the playoff, and here they are, final year of the 14 field.
1: Zach's Texas Longhorns. So How stressful. old were you in 2009? 10, 11?
0: I would have been. 10, 10. 11?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's been that long, huh? It's been that
0: long? Wow. Yikes. That was a stressful morning for me, by the way. You pick winners. You pick well, real that was, that's winners. It. See, that's the worst part. When <laughs> I picked Texas to be the team I was following, I had just come back from Austin. I was visiting my family down there, my mom's brother and his family, mm-hmm. and it was like 2006. So okay, this is like fresh yeah. off the Vince Young Rose Bowl. I actually did watch that game, or at least parts of it, before I went to bed, before it was over. Yeah, And so I was like, oh, sick! I picked a winning team! This is awesome! Because <laughs> the Bills weren't great. I kind of was not even really a Bills fan either, because like I, you know, you're six, seven years old. You want to pick somebody that wins. That was how I was. Too. And I watched the movie Invincible, so like for a little while, I was an Eagles fan. Dude, great! It's still did great
1: we live movie. the same
0: childhood? It's such a good movie. Man. Like, what? I, is I haven't this? watched. It. I haven't watched it in years, but it's. Such I a love good that movie. movie. But so I picked them, and and then for the Sabers, I love Max Moffitt off. So like, I was a Sabers fan, but yeah. hockey was a little tougher because I couldn't ice skate. So like, there was.
1: There's so a love hate. We're gonna this We're sport. gonna get
0: you. We literally won't. We I'm 25. Will. My. I learned how to skate five years ago. My uncoordination is set. Like it's there's, it's not. It's not being fixed. And is that a honestly, word? Uncoordination. It is now. No, decided not. it is. No, it's not. But regardless, like, it, like this it, set in stone. And I also am terrified of the ice. I can't. Why? It's not that I, scary. No, it, it's terrifying. Regardless. Anyway. So I, I initially picked te- Texas, thinking like, fantastically. Like, it's a winner. And for, like, my first four or five years of that relationship, it was. I mean, you have Colt McCoy taking over. The relationship. It's it's a relationship. <laughs> you have Colt McCoy taking over for Vince Young, and, and he was incredible. You had a lot of fun with, like, the Big 12 South and, and that division and, and, the, and the races between them, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. And while, like, it didn't lead to much, it, it was still fun. And then in 09, they do make the national championship, and they face Alabama. And Colt McCoy gets hurt, and my life's been awful since. <laughs> They lose to Alabama. Nick Saban gets his first title with Alabama. And the 2010s for Texas is a disaster. Mack Brown at the end of his run there is a bad recruiter. Um, they're, just not, they're just not the same Texas they were. He eventually is fired. They bring in Charlie Strong, who I was very excited for, because he did magic with Louisville and Teddy Bridgewater. And I went, perfect. We're back. We're fine. There wasn't even like the worries of we're being back. It's just like, perfect. Like This is a great hire. Uh, got off to a horrible start with one of the boosters, Rev Combs. hating the hire essentially because Charlie Strong was a black coach uh, coming in as a head coach at Texas. So that was a disaster right off the rip. Because then I was like, and I in, and I was embarrassed, like to be a Texas fan at the time, because Strong was one of the, it, it looked to be one of the best ho- head coaching candidates out there. And you got this, and then he comes in, and it just it was never a great match. He didn't really recruit the state very well because he was from Florida. He recruited Florida very well. That ends up being really bad. Then they bring in Tom Herman, Josh. And Tom Herman did wonders at Houston. So it was like, <laughs> great. Oh, and he also like coached at Texas and was a grad student there. Fantastic. He's got this. And he made Houston really good. And he had this really, like, he was really much, like, a lot of a player's coach. And you're like, great. And it went to hell super fast. And then they hired Steve Sarkeeson. And to be perfectly honest with you, Josh, out of those three hires post the Mac Brown era, he was the one I was least excited about, I'm just flat out. Mm-hmm. And I think any college football fan would probably know why. Uh, look, with Washington, he did wonders. He took over a winless Washington program. Washington is now in the playoff, and they've been a power for quite a while. But when he took over uh, back in the early 2010s, they were a winless program when he took over. Never got to 10 wins, but kept them relatively stable, and then went to USC. And that's where the problems really started. Mm -hmm. Um, He was an alcoholic, and he had a lot of stuff, including, I think, a dinner with boosters or with alumni. Uh, He showed up drunk. It was a disaster. And he eventually was fired from that job. And he kind of had to, like, beg his way back into college football. And he wound up being an offense coordinator eventually at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And he was spectacular there.
1: What What years were that? Or um, that?
0: I oh I gotta I gotta look because I do remember it was good years to where like Alabama fans still love him.
1: Yeah, because that's where like I started to re- like know about him. Like twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Okay, maybe it was a little before that. Maybe it was the USC stuff that I like because I, I I know he, he, the, he, I he knew was the known. name. He was very I, much known for that. For to preface this, I've I've never been a very big college football guy, so that's why I have Zach as my resident college football know it all. Thank um, you. So it, it's just. It's interesting though to see like how it compares to like like obviously the players and stuff. It's it's interesting to compare them to like the professionals, mm-hmm. but the coaching is the same way. But it's it's different because you have boosters and you have like people that are like especially in, in like the big schools like Alabama, oh, Georgia, I, there's, LSU. Uh,
0: there's always been the kind of running joke, especially with head coaches, that in mm-hmm. the NFL it is not a full time job. That when the season is done, you can go home. You can kind of turn it off for a little bit, relax. I mean, scouts are always working and all that stuff, and right. assistants usually are, but the head coach can kind of turn it off. Head coaches is not that. I mean, just a recent story with Steve Sarkisian. They made the college football playoff that Monday. So they made it on Sunday that Monday. He drove, I think, three hours to Waco, Texas, to visit a recruit sure. at his home. It's a 24-7 gig. It's a, it's a lot. It is a lot. Now when you get to somebody like the GOAT, Nick Saban, you can usually send your assistants out to do that. You just have to have a phone call because it's like, Nick Saban just called me. Like, it's it's one of those yeah. crazy things. Sark has not gotten to that point yet. Very few coaches have, I would say, in his prime. Urban Meyer maybe did. Harbaugh probably has gotten to there at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know many other coaches in the modern era. Maybe Dabble Sweeney as well probably got there. Not anymore. But it's a full-time gig. And I, I will say, I have been in, I, I wouldn't even say pleasantly surprised. It's been fantastic, really, from the word go with Sark. Their first season, they went 5-7. and seven. Uh, That was two years ago because this is his third year. Um, Five and seven, but there was very clearly like there had to be turnover from the Tom Herman era. That one really kind of ended pretty ugly. Just they were not developing talent. They had turnover last year. They went eight and four. They lost Quinn Ewers for a few games. They they you know battled Alabama real close, only losing by one point in Austin. And then this year, I mean, they came in with just Josh so much talent. Mm -hmm. Like and, and to be perfectly honest, like going into this year, this was the most hype I've had for a Texas team since '09. They came in wow. the runaway favorite to win the Big 12. Mm-hmm. They came in as a real, honest-to-God, playoff potential team. I think they started the year at 11 or something like that, and then they played Alabama in Tuscaloosa Week 2. Huge win. I came on the show with Derek to kind of talk about it because I was <laughs> stressing. I was, I was nervous. They won. But, I mean, they won by 10 points yeah. in Tuscaloosa, handing Nick, uh, Nick Saban his worst loss at Alabama in Alabama in his entire career. And it's just they're still loaded at talent. I mean their best offensive lineman is their left tackle. He's a sophomore. Calvin Banks Jr. Um, they have now slowly become running back you. If Jonathan Brooks didn't tear his ACL, he is also likely gonna be a second round pick this year, following B. John Robinson last year. Right. Adnai Mitchell coming over from Georgia is looking to be a three time national champion because he did it twice with Georgia and then transferred to Texas and he's been great. <laughs> yeah. Xavier Worthy, an all American again, is a kick returner. But really, I think the biggest surprise for a lot of people, including myself, when you think of the Big 12, you think of Oklahoma, and you think of absolutely zero defense. I mean, like to an embarrassing amount, no defense. That has not been the case with Texas. They have been incredible on the defensive side of the football. Cornerback's a little suspect. I will get to that in terms of like how I feel about th- yeah, I them say, going up against Washington. How do, how, do, how
1: do we feel? How do you feel about Washington? How do you feel about because it's Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Washington looks great. How do you feel about that game? And obviously, it's not till it's not for a couple weeks yet. It's not till the January first, January first,
0: January yeah. New uh, Year's Day. Th- of the four teams that made it, so the three that Alabama could, or uh, Texas could have played, this is the one team I didn't want to play. To really? be perfectly honest, you I want,
1: you wanted to play Michigan over Washington, yeah.
0: Michigan runs the ball; they don't really no, throw the fair. ball You're too right. much. Yep. And in my head, with Trevondre Sweat, who's a first-team All-American, won the best defensive lineman of the year award. Byron mm-hmm. Murphy, who's also been one of the best interior ed- ed- edge rushers in the country. I mean, they held the Doak Walker, the the running back of the year award guy, to 53 yards in a yeah. blowout in the Big 12 championship. He got nowhere. And he was averaging, I think, 115, 120 yards per game. They held him to 53. And they've been doing that pretty much all year. I would have liked to have played Michigan or Alabama. Instead, they get the team that throws it all over the yard. <laughs> and, their, and their weak point is cornerbacks. Now, with that being said, Texas can also score in bunches. Steve Sarkeesian is now openly considered one of the best play callers and play designers in the game college or pro i just i'm nervous but to be perfectly honest with you man it it doesn't really feel like this is just a one-off it feels like they're entering the sec next year as best as they can Mm -hmm. um even if they just won the big 12 and ding in the playoffs it would have felt like this is such a win they you know they go to the orange bowl or something like that and, and great it's a great win but instead, they're coming into the playoffs, and there's a real chance. I mean, they're favored by, I think, the last time I checked was four and a half points over Washington in the Sugar Bowl in Louisiana. I mean, that's in New Orleans. It's essentially a home game for Texas compared to mm-hmm. Washington.
1: Right. Why? I mean, that's half a country right there.
0: Yeah. And and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if they beat Washington, I think they're going to win the national championship. I really do, because I think they match up so much better against either Alabama or Michigan. I mean, people forget. The reason why Nick Saban was not sold on Jalen Milrow was because he got embarrassed by the Texas defense. He Texas, was benched the next game.
1: Texas is minus four and a half. And
0: so it's still four and a half, yeah. which is not too surprising. We won't really Over see a changes. Over under 64 and a half. Probably going to hit. Yeah. I mean, as much as I like both these defenses, or especially Texas' defense, these teams score, man. Quinn Ewers is playing the best ball of his career up to this point. He seems he seemingly only shows up for big games. And Michael Penix Jr. is a first-round pick with two legitimate NFL wide receivers, likely three. Mm-hmm. They score a ton. They can run the ball now as well. They've shown that in the Pac-12 championship. Now with the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Michigan okay. at, Michigan at one makes sense to me. I have no problem with that. You're you're kind of convincing me with the Florida State stuff. We talked a little bit about in the break. Look, and here's my thing is I feel terrible for Florida State. I mm-hmm. really do. Because they did everything that they were supposed to do. I don't disagree with that point. My thing is, and this is more as a fan, I I was more nervous going into Sunday that it was going to come down to Texas or Florida State. I really they're, did. They're looking to avoid another 65-7. I, they, they are. Now, the, the thing is, with on that point, that was in the national championship. Mm-hmm. In the semifinals, we maybe had the best run of semifinal games ever in the playoff run with Georgia and Ohio State um, going down to a last-second kick, which was atrocious by Ohio State's kicker. Awful. <laughs> and Michigan-TCU. Now, the problem with that game is, and where I, I, I kind of think that some people are avoiding it with TCU, is that TCU even getting a win over Michigan that year really was Michigan playing its worst game. Yeah, And even yeah, on a TCU. final drive where they could win it, it took J.J. McCarthy having an atrocious turnover, just dropping the ball on right. a shotgun snap. Ultimately, my thing is with this is just if one of Florida State's backup quarterbacks, either Tate Rodemaker or Brock Glenn, looked like they could operate the offense like... And I'm not saying they had to do exactly this, but like Cardell Jones did back in 2014 with Ohio State, where he blew out Wisconsin 59 to nothing, they would have been in the playoffs, no doubt about it. But for two weeks, their offense looked radically different. Don't give me the North Alabama game where Travis actually went down. When they played Florida, it took an egregious penalty by Florida's defense to really allow Florida State to to win that game, which ultimately knocked Tate Rodermaker out for the next game. And then against Louisville, a team that beat up on a really subpar ACC, and still lost games to Kentucky in their rivalry game, and a three-win Pittsburgh team they got blown out by. They only scored six points. I mean, if Jake Plummer could just you know put three passes together, they were going to score a touchdown, they were going to win that game. And that's ultimately what happens. I feel bad. I do, because Florida State deserved it, because they did go undefeated. But with also that point, Josh, there's only four spots. There's five power conferences plus Notre Dame. Now, regardless of how you feel about Notre Dame actually being a competitive team, They are considered one of the power teams in college football. So you have five power conferences and Notre Dame. That's six spots. We only have four playoff spots. We've gone a number of years here where there's been two Big Ten teams, two SEC teams. We've had a non-Power Five team in Cincinnati make it in. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time we've left a Power Five champion out. It's just the first time we've left an undefeated Power Five team out.
1: Yeah, and, you know, looking at their options and looking at what could have been done, I... I don't know. I I wonder about like, you know, other teams that were left out aside yep. from FSU, yep. like Georgia. You know, I mean Georgia was ranked higher Georgia than Alabama. Georgia just picked the
0: worst time to lose. Right. Yeah. And I mean we, They're 12 and 1. They just lost in the SEC Championship.
1: Yeah. So that's that's a big decision maker in that mm-hmm. in that decision. So at the end of the day, I guess maybe it's not it's not way, as controversial as I The way I, I look
0: at it is going into the Orange Bowl, which is what Florida State and Georgia are going to play in because they're the 5 and 6 seed is a 14-point favorite. 14-point favorite over Florida State. Yeah. You go to the playoffs, we just talked about it. Texas is a 4.5-point favorite over Washington. Mm-hmm. Michigan's a 1.5-point favorite over Alabama. Yeah, it's that a is much bigger number. exactly what they want going into the 12-team playoff. And that's the thing, too. Florida State gets in next year with the 12-team playoff. You well, know, 100%, but they probably get blown out in the first round.
1: There's a very good shot they get blown out in the first at round. Least, at least in terms of this, if it was this year. Yep. So, all right. I guess you've kind of changed my mind a little bit. We're a little bit late to a break. We're gonna uh, take a break, lap, wrap up the show, and we'll be back. Listen to Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only
0: twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.